Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern day Asian American woman. My name is Helen. I'm Janet. And I'm Mel. It is officially September and we are fast approaching the fall season. For our student listeners out there, it's back to school season for you. For our mama listeners, you're getting your kids ready for school again. And for some of our other listeners, you may be heading back into the office post-COVID. During this time, many of us are gearing ourselves back up after those summer months, readjusting to more structured schedules, trying to figure out how to better manage our growing to-do list, and making sure that what needs to get done gets done. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about productivity. Each of us has worked in very different industries, settings, and roles, and we want to take this time to reflect and share the things we've learned along the way with all of you. So why don't we start off by taking it way back to our first job, or one of our first jobs, and reflecting back on what that job was, what our role was, and you know what we experienced at that job that helped us to be more productive. That's a very good question. So when I was reflecting, I was like, do I talk about my babysitting job when I was 16 or talk about my first corporate job when I was 26? So I was like, let me just talk about my, my, my corporate job. So my first real job was being a production coordinator at a fashion company. And my main responsibilities was producing photo shoots. So producing a shoot feels very similar to like event planning, where you're literally juggling so many things for one day. So your job is to make sure everyone that day is taken care of and everything runs smoothly. And there's a saying that we used to like say in the office is like, if you don't notice anything on a shoot day, that means you did your job right. Mm. So everything is just like very seamless. So there's two things I learned with this role. So for every shoot, we had this checklist that we print out before the big shoots and we make sure we hit everything. So on this checklist, it was like, you know, booking, booking permits, booking insurance, booking models, booking location, have the food delivered, like have the food ordered, things we need to do to set up the day of, like setting the tables, where's the, where's the makeup and hair room. So it's like this ongoing to-do list. But I think before we had that, we were just kind of like, thinking about, okay, what do we need? Like, oh, and then we write it down versus having like this like gigantic like process book that helped us like be on top of everything. And for me, I think similarly, like when I plan a big event or events for our friends, I have a general doc that I go to that's like a foundation that I build off of. Like for me, it feels less like you're starting from scratch and more like you have this formula to work with. Mm. AKA, I think building a process, which is what we do a lot here at ABG. Shout out to Janet for building our uh, upload processes that I like literally religiously follow every time we upload an episode. (laughs) Um, The second thing I also learned from this role is phone calls. Mm. I know (laughs) phone calls. Okay. How do I say this? Um, 
I think all of us can agree that, you know, speaking on the phone when you're with a, with a client or with a team can get really nerve wracking. I think Helen mentioned in a previous episode about how she would have to like answer the phone and like at the table in front of everyone there because like an open office kind of environment was like the secretary job where you bought you were like filling snacks. Oh, uh, when I was the receptionist. Yes, yeah. yes. So there's definitely a nerve wracking feeling when you're on the phone you get, and you know that all eyes are kind of on you. What helped me be more productive on calls is taking the time to write down the questions and agenda items for that call, if there are any, to make sure I hit all that stuff. Nowadays, I kind of hate going on calls and not having a set list of things we need to go through or not knowing the point of the call. Um, mm. I remember, like, there's, I don't know if you guys remember this, but I won't mention what meeting, but all three of us were in this call with a bunch of people. And I think there was one point when we were, we were both t- were texting. We're like, "What is the what? What are we talking about right now? Like, what's the point of this call?" <laughs> and that call ended up dragging for like an hour or two. And I'm just like, "Oh my god, this is like I don't I don't see the purpose of this." Mm. Um, which I will also add one little tip with calls is to kind of like set time blocks for your calls because no one wants to be on a call for an hour or an hour and a half. So to be respectful of your time and theirs, um, set time blocks because. Allows you to be more productive on your other things. So those are some things I learned on my first job. How about you both? Yeah, those are very good tips, Mel. And I do know what call you were talking about. So <laughs> it is very rare. I feel like that we have calls like that because for our calls, we do, we do like to come very prepared mm-hmm. and um, just kind of like we'll we'll reserve time to just chat amongst ourselves and just catch up. But there, the rest of the time is mostly just you know getting our stuff done. So I remember that mm-hmm. call. I think it was a mix of just like maybe relationship building and work, and it just got way too blurred and <laughs> uncomfortable for for us because we were like, oh wait, I thought this was like mostly gonna be execution. Yeah, yeah. Also, I want to add to that really quickly, Helen, because as you're saying that, I'm like, it's also during that time all three of us were still working our corporate jobs. So we're like, we don't have any more time. Like this. This is our, like, are we building it? You're, like, going into our evening times now. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, okay. So, my job was at an arcade called Dream Machine when I was 16. Mm. And the one tip that I can share here, which, trust me, okay, it's going to be related to productivity, is that five arcade tickets should not equal one snack size Tootsie Roll. So let me tell you, okay. So for me, when a five-year-old like walked up to me with 10 tickets, I would give him or her at least like five to 10 mini Tootsie Rolls in exchange. And the lesson that I learned from that experience is that no one is checking the margins of candy to ticket ratios at that level of detail. Like no one's going to, at the end of the day, track the inventory of mini Tootsie Rolls to tickets exchanged. And because our arcade was always pretty busy, I feel like I picked up my productivity by understanding it's going to be really nerdy, but understanding margin analysis through that experience um, mm. and not taking the time to pick out one piece of candy for every five tickets given to me. That made me a very efficient employee, which also made the customers happy when the lines were moving fast, which made you know them want to come back for more uh, for more gameplay in the future. So more return customers, which made me happy knowing that I was doing something to help everyone's like mental health with, with this like very minute transaction that was happening between tickets and Tootsie Rolls. Right. And there are times even now when I go to an arcade and I see someone who will tell a kid like, Oh, you're short two tickets for a piece of candy. And I'm like, bro, you were just like, 
you're just built different. Like it does not matter, you know? So what I learned from my first job is yes, margin analysis, which, you know, is thinking about the level of effort and the cost benefit analysis of what you're doing. Um, big picture thinking, seeing the impact of each action that you're making and really understanding overall if it's benefiting the company that you're working for or not. Mm -hmm. And also just like client services, right? Like how to keep customers happy and returning because that is very necessary to overall function of the company. And I do think that all of those touch on productivity. So it is a very small detail from my first job, but it's definitely one that I think about a lot. That's like Tootsie Roll to ticket exchange. Mm -hmm. And knowing that, you know, that level of detail did not really matter. That is very insightful. And I think that's a good example of like how the people on the ground in any type of company are the ones who affect the greatest amount of change, right? Because how, how many times is that kind of transaction probably happening? And it's that type of thinking that is what's Mm. like, it's like the tiny things that are done every single day repeatedly that actually add up to the bigger, you know, Mm -hmm. strategic decisions Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was a very fun example. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I feel like also during those, that kind of job, well, first off, a side note, you should write a book about this arcade experience. I would totally (laughs) read it. It sounds really fun. Um, Have a little girl, like, you know, figures out her own little entrepreneur spirit. Yeah. Um, Second, so I had had like three thoughts in my head. Second, this reminds me really off topic. I was like, how long be so good at this game? In elementary school, we used to have this thing have this thing called the 100th day of school, and everything would be 100 theme activities. And there's always one game where it's like, guess how many ca- candies in the in this, oh, uh, this yeah, jar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That doesn't relate to 100 at all. But I was like the Tootsie Roll connection. Anyways, off topic. Last <laughs> thing, I feel, I feel like what Janet said about like, you. You know, the people on the ground really understand kind of like the heart of the business a little bit because mm-hmm. I think you learn how to like really hone on your people skills there right like knowing what your customers want like i think you said client service is really are really important so i was like wow. yeah well i remember when i was only 16 you kind of want to just follow the rules right like they tell yes. you do, do this this and this and you do that and i and i saw a lot of my friends doing that but in the back of my mm-hmm. mind i'm like no one cares at this level and no one's yeah. like it's not going to make or break the business if anything it's going to help the business if you if you show you know customers that Kindness oh and, you know yeah. i'm gonna give you a handful instead of just like counting out one, two, three, Mm. like that seems, it's just the, I think it's just understanding, it's like people skills too, I guess that you kind of have to under Understanding the bigger picture and like why you're doing what you're doing, right? Versus just Mm -hmm. following the rule exactly for the sake of following the rule. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. How about for you, Jay? I want to hear your productivity tip from your first job. Well, so my first job, I went with the, uh, my first kind of like big uh, post-college job. And um, I've talked about that a bit on the podcast, but I I started off at Deloitte in one of the uh, big four accounting firms. And I was a, um, I guess, I don't even remember what the title of the role was, but I guess it was like an... You're you're in transit, you're in something with like a... Transfer pricing. (laughs) I I know that, yeah, the department was transfer pricing. I don't remember what the title of the actual role, if it was like, I always tell people economic consultant because they don't know what transfer pricing is, but it was some sort of like analyst consulting, like entry level role, right? Staff. You're a staff. staff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like they have like staff, staff one, staff two, or something like that. Um, but the, I, I feel like the, in terms of productivity, there's so much that you learn at your first kind of like corporate job with client services coming from like mm. just college, right? And I was, I was, a, I feel like I was a pretty productive and like really involved person in college. So I had developed like, email skills, organization, all of that was like super, um, I had I had a lot of different things that I balanced, right? But there's nothing quite like going into a, a company environment and then having to work on 
like a variety of different projects and then work with a variety of different like senior uh, level people who are leading those groups and then to work with different clients, right? So um, one of the biggest skills that I learned on a very tangible level was like how to organize files. This sounds kind of boring, but <laughs> but when you work in a setting where, um, yeah, like at any given, any given day, you might be dealing with like hundreds of like files that are a combination of PDF files and Word docs and Excel docs. Um, they teach you kind of like Mel, you said, there's like a booklet that you have. They have a template of how do you, how do you create a filing system so that anyone on your team knows how to access the right documents and that people who shouldn't, when you're working with like sensitive stuff, shouldn't be able to get in. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I want to shout out to anybody right now who's working your desk job and think that learning about file saving is not going to help you. I think that it actually helped. It's a very useful skill to have. Um, the second thing I learned was taking notes. And I, I mentioned this because like, I think there's a couple things when it comes to taking notes in meetings at corporate jobs that isn't as obvious, right? I think people think that, oh, I need to take down all the information to have for later. Um, some of it is optics, meaning if you're in a client meeting, you want the client to feel like they're, everything they're saying is being taken down. And also for your senior managers and people that are, you know, they want to see that you're engaged and you're involved, that you're, you're taking things down. Um, but I also found that for me, when I would even have meetings where it's just a one-on-one, -on -one, someone's explaining stuff, when I write things down, it helps me process it better. Like mm. versus just list. Cause like, and sometimes I do the trade-off because if I'm, if I'm writing it down, sometimes I'm like thinking of it differently versus like if I'm like just deeply engaged and not doing another activity. But, uh, I would just encourage anyone who's, um, who's, you know, now that we're so much in the digital, like typing things that whether it's typing or whether it's writing, but just thinking about how there's like multiple reasons why you might want to try note taking. Cause it might help mm. you like understand something better. Mm -hmm. Um, the third thing I learned was about myself and how I, in my working style, um, I learned that I work most efficiently and productively off, off the nine to five clock. Mm -hmm. And what that means is I'm a very like, like deep, but kind of slow thinker. And if there's a lot of stuff happening during the day, meaning there's messages coming across, there's emails coming in, I'm jumping from meeting to meeting. Uh, it's very challenging for me to like actually get into the zone of doing deep work. So I always did my best work either early in the morning before people come to the office or more likely than not, um, you know, like late at night. So I would just stay after hours after people left the office. And then in the quiet of the of the cubicles <laughs> with those lights and with the person that comes and picks up trash at like 8 p.m., <laughs> That's when I would kind of like have my time. Yeah, those are some of the some of the things that I picked up in my in my kind of like first like corporate job. Mm, those are great tips, Jay. And um, even when you said like note taking, I actually wrote down like note taking because I wanted to make a comment about it because I think I'm the type of person that focuses on whatever is being said in the moment that I forget about the like point number one, two, three. And I'm like focused on the last point. But I wrote down note taking because it is very true. I feel like for me too, when I'm on a phone call, I like to take notes because you can always reference back to what was said earlier on, especially if you want to make a comment about it like later mm. on, right? It like or else you're gonna forget it. Yeah. So there there definitely is like an art to note taking where you're not taking down because I remember when I first started my corporate job, I took down like almost every word. It's almost like mm. Google Translate or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like verbatim word for word. Like, who was that? This, like, robot. I remember there was one time this old, old partner called me, like, the scribe. And I was like, hmm, I don't think oh. that's a compliment. But... <laughs> I was a very good scribe. And then yeah. eventually that became note-taking, but only taking down the important points and also yeah. like numbers and things like that. So you can yeah, always reference yeah. back numbers of what people are saying because those are details that you don't want to miss. 
but yeah, really yeah. like that, that tip. It's, yeah. I, I uh, completely relate to that. I agree. I think that they don't, I mean, cause even a college class is like you take notes, right? But they don't teach you at work when you're trying to learn so many different things. Mm-hmm. Like what is the right level of note? Like what is the right level of content to take down so that you can still be engaged with what's happening, but then also have something to reference later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, definitely is an art form. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, that's a good, that's a good um, observation. Cause I am totally that person. Like even in college, I would, I would kind of write everything the professor says and I, I get lost in just the typing that I'm not even mm-hmm. hearing what he said. I'm just like, oh yeah. You're processing. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're just like, oh, I don't know, just maybe I feel like, oh, if I'm just typing, it looks like I'm doing something. I don't know, just a <laughs> bad habit. Bad habit from college. I, I, To be honest, I feel like I haven't actually like learned how to take proper notes for meetings. Have I? I don't know. You got – actually, no, you guys get my like, meeting notes. Sorry. Yeah, I feel like we – I think we actually all – I noticed that all three of us have like a kind of an automatic habit to whenever we get on a call, we always have like some Google Doc going. Mm-hmm. Um, so – Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than a leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With free and gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. How about some tips that you guys learned to be more productive in your last job? Yeah, so my last job prior to ABG was working as a valuation specialist, valuing private companies and equity securities. And from the outside, for someone who's not in finance, you can say that it was a desk job with days that were very heavy with phone calls, client meetings, and lots and lots of my favorite Excel building. And... (laughs) not so favorite PowerPoint report building. Mm. Um, And in the last, you know, in the 10 years that I worked at this job, it was very clear from day one that this job's environment was fast paced where you had to develop these soft and hard skills or else if you didn't, you would likely be let go because you're, you know, you have an annual review where they kind of review if you're progressing. And I think that definitely forced me to work on my efficiency to cut out bullshit to not focus on menial tasks, kind of like the candy to ticket Mm. ratio situation. Mm. Um, And also not to like wallow on mistakes because I definitely made a lot of mistakes and I learned from the mistakes and quickly moved on from them. And it was just like an environment where you get things done as quickly as possible at maximum efficiency and with the highest level of detail and quality possible, which I know to a lot of people that sounds extremely contradictory, like having maximum efficiency or working fast and having results of making minimal mistakes. That type of muscle needs to just be trained, right? Where you have this level mm-hmm. of resiliency and not wallowing in mistakes. Um, and that did take a lot of you know setbacks and quote unquote failures too 
to get me to like bounce back more quickly. But that was sort of just like the environment that I had to thrive in for for 10 years. Um, so for me, I, I feel like I've learned a few productivity tips from that job, which definitely bleeds into my life nowadays. And main thing that I want to like shout from the rooftop, and this was touched upon before too, is to be organized and be prepared. Because if you're not organized and not prepared, for me, I get frantic. And when your mental state is frantic, you're never going to get anything done. And that is a formula, at least for me, for, for burnout. So my tangible tips are to use your calendar and use your to-do list and like live by them. You know, block off all hours of your day or at least the, you know, the important things that need to get done for the day and reference your calendar every night for the next day and at the end of the week for what's to come in the upcoming week. And I think we all do this, um, us three here, but I used, you know, Outlook at work and I use Google Calendar now for all of this. Um, and that's been super helpful. And then I would say, keep a very detailed to-do list. And I've mentioned this before, I use the notes app on my on my laptop and on my phone, which sync together. And what I like to do is build out a to-do list for each week, broken mm -hmm. down by day. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, etc. And under each day, it's broken down by priority. So I'll categorize my life into, you know, what I need to get done for ABG, for my personal projects, things I need to do for our new house for the garden for baby stuff and you know just other relevant categories that might be different for you out there who are listening in your own personal lives but in doing this you're basically setting another productivity tip which is setting deadlines for yourself and planning ahead and one of my favorite quotes is you know failing to plan is planning to fail and i believe in that just like so so much i should like put that on my armpit or something <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's the first body part I thought of. That's the color Helen's going to print above the crib of her baby. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But in my opinion, doing that means that you're not, you know, frantic and being caught off guard. Like, I hate mm. being caught off guard and unprepared mm. for anything, whether it's a work pitch or even like planning a friend gathering at my house and needing to buy things ahead of time or going on a trip and somewhat having an itinerary ready. I, I don't like the feeling of letting myself down by being underprepared. And I feel especially bad when I let other people down because I didn't prepare. So mm. to me, being prepared leads to better time management and better productivity. Um, mm -hmm. And I guess as an example, like whenever I have a thought, like just a random ass thought, like I need a Clorox toilet wand or something like that, which which is a thought I had recently. I will log that down in my things I need to do for my house category on my to-do list and keep that as a running list. And if one day I'm at Target because I'm craving peanuts or I guess deodorant or something like that, <laughs> then I will already know what else I need to buy at Target based on my list, like a toilet mm -hmm. wand or breakfast nook, you know, pillows or black pepper or whatever it is. And I will pick that all up at the same time, which makes my trip to Target very productive. And... You know, I know all of that sounds kind of crazy saying all of this, but honestly, the older I get, like the more my memory is de deteriorating. Yeah, so yeah. I do need to like write every every little single thing down. I also want to add that Helen's very good about this because there's one time I was like, I want to go to Target. She's like, oh, do you mind picking me up dish soap? I was like, oh yeah, totally. I can pick up dish soap. Because <laughs> I, I, I was going to see her afterwards. I was like, oh, it makes sense. Like I'm already here. Like she was like, I can see Helen's mind being, Belle's already going to Target. It's on my list you know crossing all these like marginal <laughs> blah 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 you just mentioned but yeah I, I could, but she's, you're very efficient you know you're a very efficient person yeah 
Actually, and what, what you just exemplified, Helen, was kind of what I was referencing before, what I learned at Deloitte, which is like the file saving process, right? I think being exposed to that type of like way, like sy- systems thinking, I guess you call it, or mm-hmm. organization, um, kind of it, it influences your ability to how to manage like a lot of different stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And how to mm-hmm. and how to um, organize. So I definitely have I have a similar thing in my note system where like I'll, I'll have like a notepad for groceries and a notepad for this or notepad for that. But mm-hmm. um, yes, I, I I will also say yeah, Helen is a she is someone who I feel like is like peak peak like organization efficiency performer. <laughs> oh no, I can I can always be better. But I think categorizing your life into buckets like really does help so that not not all the different categories like blend into your life and it just becomes mm. overwhelming. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And kind of just going back to how this was a lesson I learned at my job. Mm-hmm. So I made the very junior mistake of saying yes to a lot of the work that my managers would like mm-hmm. inundate me with. Because mm-hmm. when you come in as a new hire, people generally expect that you want to like, you know, suck up to them and press them mm-hmm. and show them that you could be their go to person. And for me, I was definitely eager and willing to put in the work to build that trust with my managers quickly. And fast forward to when I became a manager and new hires were asking me, you know, what's a tip that I could share with them? The very first thing I would say is to be organized. Like know what you're working on at any given moment. Keep a detailed list of things you're working on every day for the Mm. week. Otherwise, you're going to burn yourself out and and take on way more than you can handle, right? Because if you're organized and someone comes up to you and says, hey, can you help me with this thing for an hour? It's very tempting. It's like, oh, it's only an hour of my 24-hour day and, you know, I have 24 hours in every day this week, you know? And so it's very easy to drop everything and just say yes, because inherently a lot of us are people pleasers. Mm -hmm. But if you have a moment to, you know, whip out your to-do list, which is already detailed down by the hour and to the day and to the week, you can show your manager the list almost as tangible proof that right now you can't take on the work. And a way to communicate this so that it's also respectful because I remember I struggled with that a lot is I have X, Y, and Z work to finish for X, Y, and Z manager. But if I finish early, I'd be happy to help you with this. And usually they go away after that because they're like, all right, I need it done right now. Right. But that shows your ability to have foresight, to be organized, to be able to manage your schedule, Mm. to not over promise, which was a huge Mm. thing that I I feel like I faced um, in my corporate job. And it's also a very admirable quality for someone who is more junior because it shows early managerial skills. Mm. Um, And on top of that, you know, you're not constantly going to be multitasking, which is another like productivity tip. The more you can give your best focus to the one thing you're working on at a time, you'll be able to achieve that, that level of like maximum quality output more efficiently. And like, trust me, working long hours does have diminishing returns. So Mm, you're going to, yeah, if you, if you if you were to push yourself that hard, you're going to start seeing a lot more mistakes that you didn't even know you were capable of making. You'd be like, did mm-hmm. I do that? Really? Mm-hmm. And it's because mm-hmm. you're multitasking and just overworking yourself and overpromising things. So many, many different tips there for productivity. But those are my top ones that I learned from my from my last job. I, I'm nodding my head crazily as hell. Because <laughs> I, I think, uh, yeah, I've definitely experienced that, like the diminishing returns of, of just pushing through, right? So that's actually one of the first things on my productivity tip list for the last job that I had before kind of going into ABG full time. Mm-hmm. Um, I was working at full screen media. Uh, I had another, I had like a consulting kind of gig in between those, but full screen I wanted, I feel like there's a lot of ripe examples that I can delve from from there. And I learned a lot there. That was very different than I think previous jobs that I had, I had worked at. Um, so previous to full screen, I had been always in the habit of working like super long hours and like not even like working through lunch or eating lunch at my desk and not really taking breaks. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And, and then when I went to full screen, I think just the environment, like the hours were more, like people worked nine to five, people had families. Um, and then just like the coworkers that I had were better about like just constantly taking breaks. And so they ended up being like, hey, I'm gonna go take a walk, you wanna come with me? Um, and, I, and I learned that that actually helps so much, right? <laughs> like the mm-hmm. whole like diminishing returns, like, cause I would just mm-hmm. there, I'm like, you have to push through this, come on, get through, like finish this task. And then oftentimes if I stepped away and I came back, I could finish it in like 20 minutes versus it would take me an hour and a half if I tried to just force myself because the focus just isn't there, right? Um, so uh, taking breaks, I think they've said that usually it's like, there's like a 90 minute and like a 20 minute rule where like you work for 90 minutes and you take a 20 minute break or something like that, that maximum focus only lasts for like an hour, hour and a half. Um, And sometimes I know that can be really hard because the reason why I had that habit is because the previous work environments that I was in where it was client services, they very much function like that. Like it's just Mm -hmm. hard to take breaks. Everything is about whenever, like everything's just constantly on the go, on the go, on the go. Um, But, but yeah, I think it's important to take breaks and, not only that, but like when you're working indoors, going outdoors and getting some like exposure to sunshine and fresh air does wonders to like wake you up and to yes. keep you balanced. Um, so yes, taking breaks. And then I would kind of link that with socializing. So um, like before I used to go into work and I don't really talk to people. I just focus on getting done my stuff done. And at full screen, I started not only like taking breaks, but I would go and have lunch with people. Versus before, I was just like eating lunch at my desk, right? So, um, and I think that really just improves your quality of life, improves your like relationships and, and all of that. Second thing that was unique for me um, about working at full screen is previous to full screen, the place I'd been at were more kind of hierarchical. And what I mean by that is like you be placed on projects and there's clear definition of like who's leading it and um, you know what your level is and and what your responsibilities are. But at full screen, there was, there were, I was, often put on projects where there's like lots of different types of people, all different types of background, all different types of ages, and there's no distinction of who's taking the lead. And you kind of just have to like go at it, right? Mm. And so in the instances where roles and like are not assigned, you learn the art of persuasion and how to convince people and cooperate and like kind of win them over with your idea or, or whatever it is versus like just like um, because you like no one in there really has like the title or the power. Right. And so you learn kind of how to how to or the soft skills of how to successfully work with like a lot of different people and how to convince versus like demand um, and just having patience and a positive attitude to function in an environment like that where there aren't really as many like clear rules. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's been a really beneficial skill um, for me kind of like moving forward in life. Yeah. Yeah, I I really like the point that you brought up about um, making time to have people time or face to face Mm -hmm. time, because I will say that when I think back on the people who are successful at my at my firm, it's the people who can find that balance of getting lunch with other people having FaceTime and it's not every day, right? Like there are definitely, there's definitely a, a spectrum and there were people who were, you know, taking hour lunches every day. I'm like, mm, <laughs> you're not going to be here for too long. But then there are other people who, you know, are doing that maybe like two or three times a week yeah. and otherwise really just like working hard and getting their stuff done, getting, you know, working on their client services and getting things done with like high quality. Right. Mm-hmm. So those were in my opinion, the people who become the most successful. Because when mm-hmm. you get to the manager slash senior manager slash like partner role, you have to have developed those soft skills where you're able to talk to people and build yeah. a relationship. Because you can't just always be like 
a workhorse and putting your head down mm-hmm. and working hard. Like that is that is a a sub manager type role, right? Mm-hmm. So build up those skills by finding the time to talk to people and have lunch with people and network and get to know people. Yeah. And, it's, and it's also going to help your mental health at the same time and make you more productive. So it's like a win-win situation all around. Totally agree. For me, I think this episode is really interesting because like, I think I'm just taking a lot of like mental notes as you guys are both talking. I'm just like, oh yeah, that. Because actually, we'll, we'll talk about this later, but I learned a lot from you too, just from your like tips on productivity. But this episode allows me to kind of understand like how different our working environments were before coming to ABG. Like... Mm. I remember when Janet, you're saying like, oh, eat at my desk. I'm just like, oh my God, I could never do that. Like the days I'm eating by my desk, I'm just like, this sucks. Like I was that, I was that employee that like, I always had lunch with people or like I had to step away from my desk. I hate, I, I just didn't like eating at my desk. Is for me, it's like lunchtime is a clear break time for me. But mm-hmm. the environments I worked at, like lunchtime really was like, everyone would just like go to go to the lunchroom and then things like that. Yeah. So it is very dependent on your environment. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 For me, like, I don't know if this really relates to productivity, but I actually really thrive on, like, building relationships with people in my, in my company because one way or another, they will help me get something within like, the company, whether it's like, oh, I know that person. They can help you instantly versus, like, me waiting for IT for a long time. The IT knows my face and, like, mm-hmm. what I uh, know that I'm always the person emailing him. He'll come quickly to me versus, like, or sorry, like, I have to, we have to wait an hour to get something done. So I'm just, like, I feel sometimes, like, my networking or, like, my social relations have helped me, like, gain move helped me along in my job helped me save time I guess but I guess for my last job I worked at Jubilee Media as pretty much managed their social media and their community groups um, the funny thing at Jubilee is that they're notorious <laughs> Jason I hope you don't mind me saying this but you know this too they're notorious for having two-hour lunches oh my gosh oh, I remember yes. you had mentioned this yeah <laughs> yes um and even I was like, two hours, that's a long time. Um, it's because I think, obviously, a company based on empathy and discussion, like, th- things will get, like, get in deep conversations during lunch. And, like, you just, like, people will share opposite ends of their opinions. So I'm just sitting there listening, like, wow, what is going on? So pretty much it was work, because that is a part of your your work, was to be stimulated and, yeah, and have... Yeah, for, yeah. I, I, you know, I would say definitely, you know. Was, was everyone forced to have lunch together? No. Okay, interesting. Mm. Yeah, but we did have one, only one lunch area though. So it's kind of like there only is one place someone can go. Speaking of Jubilee Media, I will say that like my last role before ABG was probably the my biggest title I've ever carried. And I think with that title, you know, had a lot of responsibilities. And there was definitely a time where I had so much on my plate that I really did not know how to tackle it that I noticed I would be kind of just tackling the quick hits and not make time for the big picture projects. And I realized I did that because I knew the big picture projects were actually hard for me. So I wanted to do things I knew how to do. Because you kind of want to avoid the things you, you're not an expert at, right? For me, that's that's my thing. I want to be an expert at what I do. So, of course, I'll be hitting the social media stuff. Like, oh, I know how to do this. For the community stuff, I'm just like, oh, I'll, I'll work on that later. Or like, I'll, I'll, I'll think about it next week. And then we got to a point when my manager, Jason, was like, hey, Mel, you're doing a really great job on social. You're doing all your quick hits. And it seems like you're, you know, making progress. But I do notice that we're not really moving ahead with, like, the other big picture stuff for community or, like, you know, are you having time to just, you know, think about big picture stuff? And to be honest, I did struggle so much with big picture and visionary things that I just, I guess I didn't know where to start and didn't know how to begin. I realized it's because I felt overwhelmed. And that's when Jason talked to me. He's like, hey, let's talk about like different ways to, to be productive maybe. Have you tried out the four quadrant method? And I was like, oh, what is this? And pretty much it's like you draw a box, 
right? It's a four square box. In the top left, you write critical and do now. Top right, you write critical but do later. And the bottom left, you write not critical but do now. And then bottom right, uncategorize. So just Google four quadrant method. I'll be completely honest. Like, I didn't stick with this because I was like, this is, I'm not a box person. Like, <laughs> writing my to-do list on the box doesn't work. But I will say, like, kind of breaking down your tasks into, like, these different four categories helped me prioritize with the things I need to do. So after that moment, like, I was able to, like, break down, like, my different priorities of the day versus just, like, everything was, for me before, everything was just a gigantic to-do list. So knowing when to hit certain things versus not. I think learning how to prioritize really helped me in other jobs moving forward, a.k.a. ABG. Um, The other tip I learned at my last job was knowing when to ask for help or when to hire help. Because I think naturally, like, you want to – your idea – sometimes my idea of being productive is, like, I'm going to handle everything and do everything myself. Because I'm the only one who knows how to do it. Teaching someone takes so much time. Mm. But you don't realize that teaching someone helps you alleviate things off your plate to work on other things. And so I think, Helen, you mentioned this in your tip is that like to break down the time it takes for you to do something is something I didn't really learn how to do until recently or like my last few jobs. And it wasn't until I broke down how all the things I worked on, how much time it took that it made sense for us to hire someone else to support me with all the jobs I was doing. And come also bringing on help is learning how to delegate out tasks. Um, I'm sure you both know working on ABG, like even working social, there was a period I'm just like, how did I let go of working on social? It's my, it's my department. It's my task, like things like that. But learning how to delegate out to your team really helped me focus on other things and realize there's other priorities I can really hone in on. So I think learning how to delegate and knowing when to ask for help is something I learned in my last job. Those are great um, tips. I really like the tangible four quadrant method, which I had not heard before. But yes, for anyone out there who is trying to categorize their different projects or tasks that you need to do, look up the four quadrant method if you like squares. And also <laughs> just, you know, you asking for help and learning how to delegate is a huge one too. And trusting trusting your team. Yeah, but that mm-hmm. does take time uh, and a lot of like back and forth of building up their skills too so that you can learn to trust them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think the knowing when to ask for help, that is a big, big one, especially as not only Asian Americans, but as women, I think we always have this tendency to feel like we have to do everything ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think knowing when to say no and then also knowing uh, when to ask for help is incredibly important. Do you know the difference between an antiperspirant and a deodorant? Antiperspirant contains aluminum, which forms a plug in your sweat glands to stop you from sweating. Native deodorant does not contain aluminum or parabens or sulfates. It's vegan and never tested on animals. Native just works to keep you smelling fresh all day long. In one of our Dear ABG videos, we shared what was in our bag, and I revealed that I carry deodorant with me, my native deodorant to be exact. I'm not sure if it's just the nerves or in my body, but I sweat a lot, so it's almost necessary for me to bring my native with me everywhere. With over 10 scents, including their classics and rotating seasonals, you're guaranteed to find one you love. Their classic scents include coconut vanilla, which is their most popular, cucumber and mint, and eucalyptus and mint. My current scent is also one of their classics, is lavender and rose, and it smells just like a garden. You're going to love Native as much as I do. Right now, you can save 20% off your first purchase. Go to nativedo.com slash ABG or use promo code ABG at checkout. That's nativedo.com slash ABG or use promo code ABG at checkout to save 20% off your first purchase. So, 
So we talked about our first job and our last job. What about our current job, which we all share together now? What have you learned in this past year at ABG that has helped you to be more productive? Ooh, okay. So I'm going to start with the more tangible, I guess, like small thing. And one of the the things that I think maybe we can all agree on with uh, ABG is that we are a tiny, tiny company and it started with just the three of us, right? So it's grown along the way and we have a team now, but uh, for a good amount of time, it was three people trying to do like 20 different department type things, right? It just mm-hmm. felt like we were always working on a plethora of a bunch of different stuff. So I kind of call it like organized chaos is is mm. what we're trying to do, right? Because you also don't want to be so structured since we don't know where like kind of the beauty of building this is you, you see, mm-hmm. you build a thing and then you see how it's responded to and then you kind of shift along the way. So uh, one, what that means though is that a lot of our tasks can be all over the place, small tasks, big tasks, right? And um, relating to this project or that project. Um, and uh, I think that the three of us have all kind of talked about as well as batching our kind of work. So for example, when we record ads, we generally will um, try to assign them ahead of time. And then everyone has like a certain date that they just have to get them all done by, right? So then we would just reserve like kind of maybe a couple hours of your time always on the certain day to do recordings. Kind of along with the batching of tasks, it also means that we're gonna have some days where we meet and we're gonna be doing computer at homework and other days where we get all of our shooting and all of our recording um, and anything where it's like more interactive done. Um, and I found that that's not only more productive, but it's also more stimulating for me. Like I, I having my week mixed up between being at home and also being out and about has been, mm-hmm. um, I feel like I'm more productive and effective that way. Uh, The other thing is because we have so many things to do, I think sometimes it can be hard. Like you kind of have a never ending to do list, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And one thing that I learned from my freshman year bio teacher in high school was if you have a thing that you need to do, for example, like homework, right? She would always allow us the last five minutes of class to start the assignment so that when we go home, you have something to restart versus start from scratch. And I thought that was such a smart thing because oftentimes the hardest thing, if you have like a project coming up or we're like, oh, I have to make an outline or oh, I have to like do this is to get started is the biggest hump. But if you've already Mm -hmm. started, if you just like the night before you write, like you just at least create the document and you write like the first sentence, then when you start again, the hardest part is already gone, right? Um, The third thing I think that's helped me in terms of like living in an organized chaos type environment has been um, meditation. And I, I use this one so often, but honestly, I do think that like that's helped me become more okay with mm-hmm. not knowing how things will go uh, with the uncertainty of both like what our day is going to look like to what our week is going to look like to what our year is going to look like. So th- those have been some of the things that I've really learned and helped me along the way at ABG. What about you ladies? Hey, really quickly, I love the example of their teacher giving you some free time to do your homework. Like I love those teachers. <laughs> um, and that's a really good tip because I feel like um, – even when you write outlines for the podcast, I think just getting started with like just the intro and then getting to the next day has been really helpful. So thank you for sharing that, Janet. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So ABG, I feel like I learned a lot. Um, I think I learned a lot of tips that you guys actually shared previously with your old jobs. Um, there was definitely a time where I, when I when I'm working at ABG, my old habit was just to write a to do list for the day. The, I would write the next day's to-do list the night before. And I came to a point where that wasn't actually enough for me. And I asked Helen Jen, I was like, 
hey, um, can I just see how you guys write your to-do list or just have an idea of how you guys are being productive because we're coworkers, but I'm struggling a little bit and you guys are doing very well. And you guys each both shared your breakdown of your notes, which I really appreciated. And the thing I learned from that like meeting is that nowadays I plan a whole week in advance now versus just planning for the next day. So every Sunday I write my to-do list for the whole next week. And like Janet mentioned, when you have so many moving parts in ABG or to stay on top of everything, I need to see kind of what's going on in a big picture. And what I also do is I color code the repeated weekly tasks. For example, listen to an episode every week. I prep for a meeting with Ashley every week. And I review, we used to review videos every week. So those are things I highlight in like highlighter, like pink. So I know if these are things that I need to bring on over to the next week. What I do now also is I actually write AM and also in a different highlighter color. So I know these are the priorities I need to hit because I've noticed I'm more productive in the morning. So AM for me means hit that first mill. So anything else in the evening, you could just get to. I think another thing that helps me stay organized is kind of like how we have a Slack channel where we break down the different departments. On my notes, I have a folder that says ABG, and I break down every department in my notes from pod apps, videos, merch, social, and strategy. That way, when I, whenever we're talking about certain things about maybe it's our children's book, I know to go to the book tab and write my notes in the book tab versus like just having a general like ongoing note sheet. So for me, it's just like kind of matching our Slack channel to my folder. So I have my notes on my end too. And on top of my weekly weekly to-do list, I have another tab that's called Outstanding List for ABG, which is like, these are things that might not hit this week, but these are just things to note that I need to hit, like get like sooner, you know, down the line. Like, hey, I, maybe I'm uploading in two weeks. Let me write right here, like you're uploading this episode. Don't forget to do shoutouts because you forget shoutouts sometimes. So like these are just <laughs> little reminders that I do to like help me stay on top of it. And the most satisfying thing at the end of your day is I highlight everything and I like move it on to a different tab that says completed, which I learned from you to always have a completed tab just to like you could kind of reference back what you did. And the last thing I'll say since Janice said meditation, I love the mindfulness activities. So every morning I journal and one thing I always journal as something to try to do every day is to be present and focus on my task in front of me because I'm the type of person that when I see my to-do list, I'm thinking about the five things I need to do. If I just focus on the, the one task I have right now, which is recording this podcast, I will, I will think about the other thing afterwards. So I won't be overwhelmed because I will be, I intend to be a frantic person. So these are some things I learned working at ABG. How about you, Helen? Yeah, these are all such great tips. And I really hope anyone out there listening is, is actually able to take some something away from this. Um, so from ABG, I guess the first one I would say, I, I think I have five, okay? The first one I would say is to put down your phone and stop watching so much TV, <laughs> which are, I know, like so basic and like prepubescent tips for productivity, but I've been needing to tell myself this lately. And some people, you know, just out there, you need to hear this. I would say that with ABG, we have a lot more autonomy now than I have had in the past. Mm -hmm. And we have a lot more ability to create, to curate what our day looks like. And with that independence of working from home, I sometimes have a, you know, a mindless show on the background and I'll be working, but also watching the three hour bachelor finale on the side (laughs) or now, you know, bachelor in paradise. And I really, realize that that takes down my productivity a lot because I'm pausing every time something excites me or catches my attention. But, you know, 
aside from that, also with ABG, because we operate in a hyper-connected world and have a social or public component to everything we're putting out, I am much more constantly on my phone to check on things. And it is so easy to get distracted by Instagram and Twitter and emails and everything else. Philip and I, because we both work in, I guess, like this public social space, when we're scrolling on Twitter, we will call each other out and be like, you're stuck in a twap for like (laughs) Twitter trap. The twap. So he's like, put your phone down, you know, when you recognize that you're in the twap. Or at least like put it in a different room, which I haven't implemented yet. But I know that if I were to put my phone in another room, then I would be more focused and more productive. Um, So that's one. Another one is that you might be unproductive because you lack enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. And actually, when I think about my last job, this this kind of applied there too. And, you know, maybe you believe that your effort isn't making any difference. And almost seems like, you know, the means will result in no end. If you're unproductive, ask yourself why you're unproductive. If it's because you're unmotivated, think about why you're unmotivated. And if that's the case, ask yourself, you know, what small steps can you start taking to make a change? I think this applies to a lot of people in jobs where they tell themselves that, you know, I like what I do. But in reality, it's a job that they can't see themselves in in the long run. And it totally holds them back from making real progress and and even being productive. And if that's the case, you know, for anyone out there that is listening right now, just really start to think about right now, think about how you can start implementing some changes for yourself to make that, to find that motivation again. It might be talking to your manager about something that is bothering you or seeking a change in a role within your same company or, you know, even changing your job. But know that it's not going to change unless you take the action to make that change. Another tip that I picked up, this is a random one, but unsubscribe from spam emails, Mm. which I used to get a lot of, even like Sephora emails or like Apple News and a lot of different news sources. I went on an unsubscribing spree recently and my inbox is like 70% less than what it used to be. And my mental state is just so much better now when I wake up in the morning because only important emails show up. And I didn't realize how much random emails was like holding me down. I guess that makes me more productive with my mornings. Yes. Um, Another one, when you're operating in a team, understand what is the best platform to communicate the message you want to communicate. Mm. For us here at ABG, we use email and Slack and our calendars mostly. And we have a running list of agenda items for the times when we do meet. So if you have something you want to share with the team, like for example, if I wanted to give our team an update on finance numbers for the month, I will put that into an email and then put it on our agenda as a reminder to walk through it together Mm. and maybe tap everyone on Slack to let them know that it's been sent via email and scheduled to discuss through in our meeting agenda. That way people know what's being done and are prepared to talk about it, not now, but later on. And I think that's (laughs) been super helpful because we've all, Mel, Janet, and I, we've all adopted this method of communication. And, you know, in my opinion, being on that same page is necessary and vital for a well-oiled business. And lastly, and the ladies kind of touch upon this too, is know what mental medicine you need for yourself. Mm. Is that carving out an hour a day for purely personal time to read a book or to meditate, which I know, Janet, you you do now, which I am just like, yo, you found your thing, which is great, you know, or like to work out or go to dinner with your significant other or making sure that you need to get eight hours minimum of sleep a night. Mm -hmm. That mental medicine is 
different for everyone. So there's no, you know, one fit answer here. But taking the time for yourself in your own mental state is so vital for productivity. For me, I feel good when I have a balance of family, friend time, feeling productive, prepared, organized, challenged, and overcoming those challenges. And then even just like experiencing the joys of life in the largest and even the smallest forms. Like my baby perilla leaf came back to life because I've been taking care of it more often. And for me, like having that happen, like I know will bring me the balance that I need in life in order to energize me and focus and be more motivated and put, you know, put in work for long periods of productive time. Um, so no, you know, just like know what what works for you. And of course, you know, I think that not everyone shows up to work as their best self every day. And I feel like it's impossible to, right? You're, you're not going to always be on all the time, but you can minimize those unproductive days by knowing what your boundaries are and knowing what you need for yourself. And all of that does take a lot of trial and error of going through different work experiences, careers, and things like that. So be patient with yourself as you are figuring out what it is that you need for yourself. Yes, I love that. That like takeaway message um, I think is is really great for our mm-hmm. listeners to have. Um, and because I'm sure many of you listening, I think all of us will have moments where we kind of get down on ourselves, right? And we have this internal dialogue um, around like, oh, I'm not, I'm not productive enough. Or I'm not doing this right. Or I didn't have a good day. What Helen's words make me think about is how like this whole, th- like your career or like life in general is a marathon. It's not a sprint, right? So mm-hmm. like one bad day is not going to be the end all be all. And the only way to be able to keep going is to keep yourself fueled and to keep yourself like wanting to continue, right? So knowing, knowing what tools mm-hmm. um, are, are very, very important but also take a lot of time to figure out so yeah be patient and don't be down on yourself if you don't know or if you haven't found things that help yet i know that you will i do want to add that i know you guys both said such great things i like the whole like your own mental medicine is such a good thing to like really hone in on like and i do think like you know we're, we're sharing productivity tips right now but i do believe that you don't have to be you don't have to be productive every day it's gonna be really hard to be productive every single day and you'll have good days and you have bad days like Today, I've been journaling this one thing every single day. I wrote, mm. today is a new day to start fresh, to do whatever you want. So I like, I always keep, keep that in mind when like, okay, like every day is a clean, pretty much every day is a clean canvas. So yes, I love that advice. Also, now I know Par- Bachelor in Paradise is back on. I gotta, <laughs> God, it is. Don't, don't watch it. Put down your phone and stop watching so much TV. <laughs> it sucks you in. It sucks you in because it's like mindless and it's just like easy to watch yeah. and consume even if it's just playing on the side which is like really i don't know i i i think i've never done that before with my old job mm-hmm. just like i was never caught up on tv or barely watch tv and now i feel like i'm starting to be able to like a teenager being able to watch tv again i'm just like oh my god this is so <laughs> but but i do enjoy it for the social component yeah oh, for sure and it also does i mean part of our job is also to kind of be in the know of like what's happening in culture right and that is um yes. so that so that is in some ways like very productive depending on how you sure, look but not like not like i don't know 10 episodes productive. <laughs> it's like 10 hours, 10 plus, I don't know how many episodes there are, but you know, these these series are pretty long. <laughs> yeah. I love that. You, okay, I know you say to turn off your TV, but I kind of love the fact that you are binge watching these shows because whenever Helen's like, I hate to ask this, but did you watch the last episode of Blah Blah Blah? I was like, oh, you watched that? Oh my God. And I'm just like, yes, please tell me about what do you need to talk about? So oh, so unproductive. Yeah. All right, well. Okay. I don't want to say, what, never mind. What? 
I think it's funny how your show right now is Bachelor in Paradise. What I picked up was like when I do like menial tasks, it doesn't require much brain work, which is not a lot to be honest with ABG. But I'm watching Sailor Moon right now, so I'm just like, dang! I like, there's something like it, it feels like you have company when you do work sometimes. Sometimes mm. just know your boundaries <laughs> with it. Right, right. I've actually been working to podcasts, um, which I found recently. <laughs> it's weird. I mean, it's um, but yeah, like it's uh, it's I just have it going on in the background, um, and I've been really into like. Just like the the ones where people have conversations about like metaphysics and spirituality and stuff. But don't you have to listen to those, Jay? Like, doesn't that require more brain power? I mean, people do talk about that. I don't know why, but I just kind of leave it on, and then I ch- and then like certain parts of the conversation I'll tune in, and then other parts I kind of tune out. It's kind of a strange. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, that is our episode for today. We took a little walk down memory lane, uh, reviewing back at, you know, our first jobs, uh, the last job we had before ABG, and then kind of the last year, year and a half that we've been full-time at ABG. Um, If you enjoyed this episode and you picked up some good tips, make sure to let us know in the comment section of our Instagram post. And if you have any productivity tips of your own, uh, feel free to share those as well. If you don't already, please follow us on Spotify, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review, and share this episode with your friends. You can also support us through monthly donations at anchor.fm slash asianbossgirl slash support, or get some merch at asianbossgirl.myshopify.com. If you resonated with today's episode, let us know in the comments of our IG post. And if you'd like to put faces to our names, you can find us on YouTube, where we share vlogs, an audience Q&A segment called Dairy ABG, and much more. Our handle on both platforms is at asianbossgirl. We do have a couple shout outs for this episode. Our girl Ariel wants to give a shout out to herself. I am so proud of myself for launching season two of my very own podcast. You have been a big inspiration to me, so thank you. Well, that's amazing, Ariel. Congrats on season two of your pod. To Janice from Joey from Toronto, congratulations on getting married and moving into a new home. Looking forward to more fun times ahead. To Han from Joel from New Orleans, thank you for always being there for me. I'm here if you ever need anything. And lastly, to Queen from Will Tran from Philly. A big shout out to my amazing and loving girlfriend, Queen. I am so proud of all your hard work and achievements you experienced this year. Oh, that's so sweet. If you'd like to send a shout out to a friend, check out our link tree in our link in bio on our Instagram and click on shout outs. And last but not least, thank you to our super talented editor, Michelle, for working all her magic on our episodes, including this one. And with that, we will catch you all on the next episode. Bye. Bye.